Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when an adoption match fails. Oh, yes. tragic. It is. It's hard on everybody. It's hard on the adoptive family. It's hard on the agency. It's hard on the caseworkers that had connections with both the adoptive family and the birth mother. It's hard on the birth mother case manager because if this was a situation where it was known that the birth mother is not going to be able to care for the child or the state's going to get involved, the long-term outcome for the child. It's a global sadness. It's a global uh, feeling of defeat. Right. And I'm going to say another Maya Angelou quote because we all know now that I love her. And this is a really good lesson to live by when you're talking about something that is not lighthearted and fun. Mm -hmm. When she says, I've learned that whenever I decide something with an open heart, I usually make the right decision. I practice this every day in my life. Yes. I always have to find peace in a decision. Mm -hmm. And once I find peace, then I move forward and I don't look back. And so when you have a match that has failed and you make the decision, yes, I do want to proceed with adoption. This was hard and this really hurt, but... And I could face this again. Correct. But this is still my passion and this is still the journey that I want to travel on. Then you proceed. We've talked before also about the five stages of grief. And when an adoption match does fail on behalf of the adoptive family, it's really important to understand that these five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance are applicable in more than just death. What's very confusing amongst adoptive families who experience a failure of an adoption match, and again, an adoption match is a match It is when an adoptive family and a birth mother mutually agree upon a relationship as to where she's going to place the baby with them. This Mm -hmm. is often formalized with an adoption agency or an attorney. Paperwork is initially signed, not the final consents, but basically stating we are moving forward in the direction of an adoption placement. When you do have a match that fails, it is very similar to a death. 
for an adoptive family. It's right. the death of a dream. It's the death of all of the hopes and everything that you've poured yourself into. For some time, absolutely, right? Correct. And it is you know, a loss financially. It's a loss emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, for some, I've heard it can be a loss spiritually. It can be a loss in every aspect of everything that you've ever experienced. And it's hard for people who support you on the outside who haven't experienced this loss because they don't understand the right words to say. They don't understand how to jump in and help. They don't understand how, you know, this was a child that you never saw. This was a child that you never held in your hands. This was a child that you had never set your eyes on. And your grief is that of losing a child where I've walked adoptive families through a failed match and it is devastating. It is like a death in almost every aspect. Absolutely. And at the same time, when you are in the throes of your worst moments, whether it's when you first hear those words from your adoption caseworker or when you share it with the other children in your home, or when you have that moment when you sit down and it hits you like a tidal wave, you have to know that this was not what you wanted to happen, but it is part of your adoption journey. Certainly. And you have to have the belief that at the end of your adoption journey, you are going to hold the child in your arms that you're meant to hold. I have said this countless times to families and At the end of an adoption journey, I've never had a family come back to me and say, you're wrong. They've always come back and said, it was hard to believe what you were saying was right. Especially at that time. But looking back, I am holding the child that I was meant to have. And I had to go through that valley of despair and literally the shadows of death Mm -hmm. just to rise again. It is so hard at that moment to conceptualize what it's really going to be like when you're handed your baby and the papers are signed and you can exhale and call that child your son or daughter. But you have to have faith in the adoption process that it will happen. Just patience and time. This too shall pass. It will. And it's really hard when you're in the throes of it. There's an unknown author that had a really great statement on grief saying, grief never ends, but it changes. It is a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness nor a lack of faith. It is the price of love. I think that's perfect and very applicable to what this whole podcast is about because Uh you have to have faith whether that is in religion or whatever you believe in. Right. You have to have faith in what you're doing and what you believe in in order to get through those moments that are the hardest. Because if you can get through those moments, you're going to experience the moments that you've been waiting for. Right. Now, on top of faith, what else do you, as an adoption provider, what do you recommend? I really recommend... You know, some families say 
we had prepared ourselves for something like this happening mm-hmm. and we absolutely want to jump right back in and be presented to the next birth mother and we're good. We're solid. We're fine. Okay. And for some families, that is their way of coping. They're able to. And they're able do to. Do that. Other families, um, it hits them, like we said before, like a, like a tidal wave mm-hmm. and they really need to go to counseling and they need to find healing through a support group through talking to other families that have experienced the same. Mm -hmm. They need to reevaluate, is adoption the right choice for us? Is this really the journey that we're supposed to be on? Mm -hmm. Um, When I used to be a school counselor uh, and I would get the call from the mom in the morning and she would say, hey, would you mind checking in on my child today? Her hamster died last night. And she's really upset. And I want to know if I should go out and buy a new hamster today after school with her. And my response was always, what does your child want to do? Right. Because for some... The child is ready to go and get that new hamster. And others are like, you know what? I need to get through this process. Correct. And it's And it just depends on... Absolutely. It just depends on that, the temperament and personality of that child. Mm -hmm. I... I think that some people find healing in nurturing and caring for another hamster right away. And some families may find healing knowing that although they're no longer on the adoption path that they were on before, they're on a different path. Right. And they find solace and faith in that. And so it really depends on where you are in your adoption journey and, and, and what you've done to prepare yourself. Right. Now, for uh, the families who are going through this, what would you say the percentage is for families who decide, you know what, this isn't working out, this is not for me, I'm going to end my adoption journey, as opposed to the ones who say, let's continue on, no matter what the time frame is? I would say I think less than 10% after one adoption, one decide. failed adoption match, say, I'm done, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I think that those that truly say, you know, we had a one and done chance, Mm -hmm. I think it's more for financial reasons than it would be for emotional or any other reason. Right. It's just we can't financially bear this again. Correct. Okay. Yes. You know, I really think that it's important to hear from a family that has experienced the highs and lows of adoption and has moved forward after Mm -hmm. having a failed adoption match. And so we have a family that's going to join us. Let's hear from them. My name is Zach. Um, I'm from Kentucky. Um, Been married to to my wife now for 15 years. Um, We started dating when we were in high school, high school sweethearts, and uh, been together. And we had a great life together. Um, there was just something missing. My wife's a teacher. She she loves children, working with them. I coach youth sports, you know, love working with children too. And we didn't have children and weren't able to have children naturally. And we had taken a spring break trip to Washington, D.C. in 2013. And on the way home, we just got to talking and you know, we're saying that we would love to have kids and thought that we should give adoption a shot. So we came home and we started the process of filling out the paperwork, uh, finding a local agency, doing the home visits, etc. 
we got everything finalized right before the first of the year, 2014. Agency sent our profile out. About three weeks later, we were chosen by a local family. Baby was going to be due right around the 1st of April. Ashley and I were ecstatic, could not wait. Getting everything prepared, and then two weeks before birth, the family decided they were going to parent the child on their own, and we experienced a disruption, which was uh, tough on both of us. Uh, something that they, uh, our agency and worker had talked to us about, tried to prepare us for, but ultimately until it happened to us, we learned we really weren't prepared for everything that came with it. So we took a little time off, sat back, and decided if we wanted to continue on, you know, knowing the possibility that, that could happen again. And then uh, we decided we were going to keep our profile open. I guess it was about August of 2014, we got a call from an attorney out of Louisville, an adoption attorney. And there was a young lady that was at the hospital getting ready to give birth. And they had contacted our agency and asked if they had any open profiles for her to view. And they sent ours to her. She said that, you know, she, she liked us, but she went ahead and chose a different family. The adoption attorney looked at our profile and she thought it was very strong. So she contacted us personally and we came up to her office right about mid-September and, um, she was an interstate adoption attorney, and she told us that she had contact with, I think, 11 different states that had different agencies. So we sat down that day, and we filled out paperwork for the different agencies and submitted our profiles once again. And then uh, a couple weeks later, we got connected with Building Arizona and got chosen by a birth mother. We, I guess we probably had our first Skype session with our birth mother uh, around October. We hit it off with her instantly. I'm a carpenter, and in our profile book, uh, I have some pictures of me doing work, and she said that was one thing that really drew her to us as a couple. We have a little dog, and he was featured in there as well, and she said she liked that. So we were matched up with her. We Skyped with her probably five or six times up until our son was going to be born in March. So we made us a reservation to come out to Arizona. We were going to get there three days early. And as soon as we get off the airplane, our phone starts buzzing, and they tell us to come over to the hospital. She's getting ready to have our, have our son. So we uh, got a rental car and couldn't figure out how to start it at first. <laughs> uh, got in there and drove right over to the hospital. And... We got there early enough to where we met with our birth caseworker and our birth mother, and we were able to go down and, and have lunch with her in the cafeteria and get to know her a little bit personally. And then we took us up to the floor, and we got a nesting room right down the hall from her. Stayed there overnight, and our son was born that morning in Phoenix. Stayed out there. 17 days with the Iqua hearing, and then brought him home. That was in March of 15. We're raising him, and then um, 
I believe it was St. Patrick's Day of 2015. We got a call from Arizona, and uh, I thought it was someone checking up, make sure everything was going all right with us, and uh, it was asking us if we would be interested in uh, adopting a sibling. And um, we took a little time to think about it, not a lot, and then we called back and said yes. So we went through the process again, had us a beautiful daughter, Vivian. She was born out there in December of 16, and we've had a very happy family since then. Um, It's been everything that my wife and I have hoped and imagined and even more. So that's kind of our story. Beautiful. It is. And you got that extra blessing on top. That's amazing. And I know that was tough going through, but what a story. Thank you for sharing. As far as the, uh, you know, the hard times, I mean, I, I think in the end, looking back on that, you know, we were. it's funny, we were kind of talking about this the other day. I think what happened to us happened for, you know, a reason. And it has worked out just perfectly for us and you know there and Kelly knows this and I tell everybody when I, I speak at our the seminars they have locally in Kentucky I mean I tell everybody all the time that adoption is a roller coaster I mean it can go from a super super high to a, a super low but then you know you always come back up at the end and then um, there's there's no feeling like it and I've got a friend that is going through a foster to adopt program here locally in Kentucky, and they just got the okay to begin the uh, court proceedings for the TPR. And that's what I told him. It, you know, every time I got off that roller coaster ride, I want to get right back in line to ride it again. Um, <laughs> because once it once it ends, uh, there's nothing like it. Um, so, is that your way of saying that you're about to get on the adoption journey again? <laughs> Gotcha. But, uh, that's what we say. <laughs> it's never close for us. Um, we uh, James is a little athlete. He plays all the all the sports, so he keeps us busy. And then Vivian, she's getting into swimming, and she's at the age she can start doing all this stuff. So we're we're pretty much on the go every day right now. I could just imagine having a third one there, and I don't think that's something we could take on at this point. <laughs> but uh, I'm not saying it's over with. <laughs> gotcha. As a family that has gone through a failed adoption match, what is the best advice that you would give another family who's experiencing that? Just be prepared for it. Um, they stress to us that it's almost like losing a child. And uh, to some degree, that was for us. We went ahead and we had a baby shower. We had the um, nursery all ready to go. Um, so, of course, we've had stocked up and we probably left the door closed on that room for three to six weeks and never went in there but you know like i said that is the low end of it now when we got that call from building arizona that we had been chosen again we forgot all about that (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah but that that would be my my advice um it's gonna hurt for a little while but you know if you want something bad enough in life, just keep going at it, going at it, doing whatever you need to, 
and you can get there, you know, just through um, hard work, faith, prayers, however you want to go about it. But just stay with the program. Don't let a disruption get you completely all the way out of it. There is plenty of time to sit and mourn a little over it, but uh, don't let it beat you down. I mean, there's plenty of kids out there that maybe they're looking for the right situation and, you know, your family will be become that for them. That is really, really good advice, and especially from somebody who's been through it. Is there any other adoption advice or recommendations or anything else that, that you have that you want to share? Oh, um, it's just been uh, a wonderful experience for us. I, and I don't want to just, like I said, take this picture of it's all rainbows and butterflies <laughs> because, you know, it's not. But um, I keep stressing that once you, you know, you go through the court proceedings and you you start off by filling out the profile, getting chosen, and you're, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be at the hospital for the birth, you know, that's an experience that, um, it was just amazing. And then, uh, you know, we had the ICWA hearing, and then we get the notice that, you know, everything's gone with that. It's time to get on the airplane, and, you know, and, uh, we love Phoenix, but uh, we were out of there within three hours. So, uh, we could go home. And then, um, you know, after that, then we come back home and then we uh, do the finalization in Kentucky. And on that day, um, you know, it's it's amazing that, you know, your family is whole at that time. And we celebrate our Gotcha Day with both of our kids every year. And I just want to, anybody that's listened to this too, um, you know, before we started the adoption process, my wife and I didn't know a lot about it. We didn't have anybody to talk to as far as, you know, even just with like dealing with the emotions of the dis- disruption or the, you know, the highs and the lows of getting chosen and, uh, you know, the possibility of a birth mother maybe or family rethinking their decision. If you could find somebody or a group through a church or a local organization to, uh, have a common bond with, I think that is very helpful when going through the process, especially for the first time. I try to stress when I come to the seminars to, to the people there, give them my phone number that, you know, any question they have as far as that goes, or if they even just want to talk or anything, I'm, I'm open to speak with anybody on it. Um, so, you know, as far as that advice goes, that's what, that's what I would have. Okay. Now, you said that no matter how much they tried to prepare you before the interruption that you still didn't feel prepared. And then you say that uh, people should be prepared for this. What would you suggest for, say, Building Arizona Families or us on this podcast or anybody? I mean, what could have helped prepare you for this a little more than you were. More like a bridge. Like what what could what could we do differently? What right. Could, how could we improve? That's a great question, Ron. Honestly, you know, when, when it happened with us, um, there wasn't much, much um, communication between our local agency and, and us. You know, it was kind of, it happened. They called us and let us know. But there was not, not really a, you know, come in to the, the office, we could speak about this, uh, we can show you other profiles, 
um, there wasn't a lot of support on our local ends there. Okay. Um, you know, that's that's what I would suggest, you know, when it, when it does happen, you know. And I'm sure you all do this, maybe you don't, but, you know, reach out to them and say, hey, if you would like to come in, uh, just sit down, talk to somebody about it. That's something that we didn't have on our end. Right. And I know your disruption was with a different agency. Yeah. With our, with our families at our local, we, we do provide, um, a counseling session with one of our adoption counselors. And we do do that as well. It's harder with our out of state families because we don't have the ability for them just to walk right in. (laughs) And I want to commend you as well, Zach, because you speaking about this and apparently you go and talk in front of people who are interested, you know, in adoptions. I think you're doing something amazing in helping to prepare them for this very rough situation. I mean, we all go through rough spots in life, but it does help to be prepared. And I think you're doing that. You're doing your part. So good job. Yeah. And this is something I'm very passionate about. Oh, obviously. You know, my whole life, I've always wanted to be a father. Building Arizona gave me that opportunity to become, live my dream. And when I go to the, the seminars, or even not even there, when I see your, like I said, I've got a friend that's going through the process, and I know the way that I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once we we had a child, and I just want everybody that's there to feel the same thing that that we did, our family did. And I know there's people that we went to the very first one, and then they come back now and they have a child. Um, <laughs> And that's amazing. That's amazing too. I mean, I feel just as happy for them as I do for for us. Uh, there was a, a good friend that we had met through the seminars. She she had a little more um, trying story than we did. We had got her in touch with Kelly and Adam, and she's got a beautiful daughter now. And every time we come to it, they our kids play together and. That's, like I said, it's just something I'm very, very passionate about. Um, I, I love kids, and I just feel like there's plenty of loving families out here that will help a, a kid out or, you know, vice versa. The kid can complete a, a, a family that's missing something, too. So I guess with that, adoption does provide the rainbows and butterflies. It's just at the end. <laughs> yes, yes, but it's like I said, it's not, it's not all that. And uh, uh, if it is for people out there, then enjoy that ride. <laughs> because, uh, I, I haven't met anybody yet that it's been completely like that. But if it is, uh, you you got got lucky with that. Thank you again so much. Like I said, it was great to hear from you. We always appreciate your support and thank hug you. that family for us. Yes, give them a hug for us. I will, and uh, thank you all for for doing the podcast. Like I said, if this was something when we were going through it, you would have handed me the card or you know sent it in correspondence. I would have been listening uh, the the whole time throughout our process to it as well. And uh, I encourage anybody that is listening to this that hasn't listened to the previous episodes to go back and listen to those as well, because there's a lot of information. Uh, you know, not just from my side of it, but, you know, seeing the side of the birth mother, the child, all aspects of it, not only yours. So thank you all once again, too. 
All right. Thank you, Zach. Thank you so Thanks, much. Zach. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and start it on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me, Ron Rains. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Join us next time for Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.